Now, uh, okay, let's check in with the spousal unit, shall we? It's time for... The Pith of Pop, the podcast edition with my beautiful and brilliant wife, Jen. Thanks for joining us, Jen. Hello. Um, summer's almost over, so uh, the kids are all alive and they're about to return to school. So congratulations. Yeah, on Monday. On yeah, I made it. <laughs> um, it's been a while. I know you've probably got a lot of things on your mind, but what did you want to talk about this week? I thought I'd discuss what I've been watching on TV lately. Okay. Television Pith of Pop. What are the shows on the menu? Rockstar Supernova, mm-hmm. um, Psych, and Anthony Bourdain, No Reservations. Okay, so actually that's a pretty good mix. We have kind of a reality show, mm-hmm. we have a sitcom comedy, and we have a, uh, I don't know, travel slash food show. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's start with uh, your guilty pleasure there, <laughs> Rockstar Supernova. What I mean, I have to say, you're on your own here for the most part because... <laughs> I don't watch this show, but what's the scenario? It's a talent show. Um, like American Idol. Yeah. It's the second season of a show. On the first season, In Excess was auditioning for a new lead singer, uh, Michael Hutchins. The late, great Michael Hutchins mm. passed away um, a while back, and they wanted to tour and record a new album, and so they decided to go public with their talent search. And put it on TV. And put it on TV. So they, they I guess they found somebody. Yes, did they, they actually did. Do an album with this new person? Yes, they did. Oh, okay. So they're serious. It's not just a, a gimmick or anything. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's like a contract involved and I don't know, you know, how long this gig will last. Oh, absolutely. They own that person's soul and they're probably getting screwed, but you know, hey, they're a rock star <laughs> now. That's the name of the show. Um, so this season is a band called Supernova. Who's right. Supernova? Um, Supernova is um, a group made up of Tommy Lee from Motley Crue. Gilby Clark from Guns N' Roses, and Jason Newstead from Metallica. Okay, now we're already sort of into the season here. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been eliminating folks, uh, so let's just get caught up. Who's left? Well, some of the most of the male contestants are kind of running all together in my mind. Which I, to me means that they're, none of them really stand out, I guess. They're all pretty much the same, pretty boys? Kind of. You know, they've got the rock star, you know, kind of uniform. There's this one guy, Lucas, who I, I swear raids his mom's makeup oh, drawer. Wow. He's he's a total. I I think he's a total poser. Oh, he, he kind of looks like a uh, a video game character. Yeah, 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 he does. And I I actually fear that he's going to end up winning just because so far it seems like he's been able to fool them with you know with the with the attitude and the snarling stuff. He's able to disguise his lack of range. But for me, I think the um, for as long you know as far as the guys. Um, the front runner is Magni. He's from Iceland. Hmm. He's he's bald. He's kind of intimidating looking, actually. And well, you know, we we could always use more, you know, musicians from Iceland, right? But uh, <laughs> uh, it, and you had said to me that although they're auditioning men and women, it seems like they're definitely harder on the women than on the men. Yeah, you know, I I can't really see the winner being female because it would just seem like a gimmick. Because the three of them are such big stars, you know, they, they've all been in multi-platinum groups, they all have really big egos, they all have very strong personalities. So it's kind of hard to see them behind a, a woman, is what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Because they're all about so. machismo and, you know, right. testosterone, I can see. But but, uh, but actually, you do like a, a lot of the women on the show. Yeah, there's, um, I, I think probably 
the, the front runner in the female category, her name is Delana. Um, she's from South Africa. Hmm. And she's kind of got a Stevie Nicks thing going on. Um, she's she's kind of got um, a punk look, but she borrows very heavily from Stevie Nicks. And she sings well. And she sings very well. So you actually can see her possibly being in a band, a rock band. Yeah, for sure. Who else is there? Storm Large. Oh, that's right. You've seen uh, Storm Large. Man, when I, I was like, who's that? You know, she's uh, you just see her on the screen and she's just totally weird. Like a cross between, I don't know, uh, whole, what's her name? Courtney Love. Courtney Love Love and Bjork kind of smushed together. Yeah. And uh, I said, who's that? And as soon as you said her name, I just fell over (laughs) laughing. Storm Large. And frankly, she looks like a Storm Large. She's actually very interesting. Um, I heard her on Coverville last week Mm -hmm. with her band. And um, they were doing um, a lounge cover of... A Black Sabbath tune. That's cool. It's um, NIB, which is probably the most evil of all the Black Sabbath songs. And they they kind of just put a lounge twist on it. Yeah. But, you know, I think actually losing this competition would probably be the best thing to happen to her because I think she has a really good career ahead of her. I mean, she's definitely distinct. She's memorable. So, yeah, actually, I would say her strategy is probably not to win either, not to get owned by this uh, supernova band, but to have gotten enough exposure. Just to get her face out there. people are going to look for her because she does have a great voice, I thought. Uh She's just a little weird. She's odd, but, you know, I think, you know, that's her shtick. And uh, there are any others? And there's like uh, the southern girl. Dana. Um, she's very cute. She, she's not, she's not a rock chick though. She's, um, she's almost too sweet and pretty to be in the front of a rock band. You know, you can't really see her being dirty and and being rock. Right. She's about as much rock as Avril Lavigne is punk. (laughs) (laughs) And she's actually been getting tips from some of the other girls on how to dirty it up, on how to, how to look more rock. But I kind of like her because she's sweet. She's not, you know, she's not catty. She's, you know, she's just kind of there. So now these members of uh, Supernova are like the judges and they give commentary and stuff. Is there like a, is there a Simon Cowell versus Janet Jackson among them or not? Um, I would say Gilby Clark is filling the role of Simon. Ah. And and Jason's a little bit Paula like. Um, he he's kind of more he's more of a constructive criticism guy. I mean, that sounds like some of them are really trying to help them. Like, yeah. look, you need to understand how much you suck and you know yeah. fix this. Um, but it's not just up to them who stays. As well, like with American ultimately, Idol. it is the public. Um, votes on the bottom three and um, they get to pick who has to go out of that right and they pick out of the three who has to go so but there is not likely a chance that they'll end up with someone they won't record with I doubt it I doubt it okay Um, uh, show number two is Psych Psych. on USA and uh, we've been watching it we like it a lot I love it Um, I've heard it described as monk light yeah or or monk for kids or something like that but I get a completely different feel from Psych than monk even though they're both about about external people helping a police department solve cases. Well, Monk is kind of a tragic figure. You know, he's kind of a sad sack. He mm-hmm. has a lot of problems. Yeah. Um, Sean, the, the main character in Psych, is funny. You know, he thinks on his feet really well. He's very funny, very witty. He can get people to like him. And... That's what makes Psych a really good comedy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, actually, I like what you said, that Monk is a tragic figure, almost like a, a comic book superhero. Mm-hmm. He's, he's talented. He's got skills, but he's, a, he's motivated by a dark and, you know, secret mystery and stuff like that. Whereas um, Psych is, I mean, well, there is, a, there is though, a, a backstory to Psych. Uh, he's a guy, he grew up with a cop for a dad. Right. And I guess his dad expected him to be a cop and kept really drilling into him 
various skills, and it just so happens that uh, Sean has a natural ability. He yeah. has amazing powers of observation. He has a photographic memory. Um, he can recall just incredible details from the smallest of photographs. He can look at a purse and tell what you know what profession the woman is in. Sort of like if you think that psychics do the exact same thing. That's that's what he's doing. Right. Now it is interesting though because uh, he could have gone to the police and said, "I have these skills. Let me help you." But because of the uh, the little scenario in the pilot, he had to come up with a explanation that they'd believe they right. wouldn't believe that he has these talents so he said uh i'm psychic and right he's pretending to be psychic he when you know he's actually using his powers of observation he's pretending that he's pulling it out of, th- out of thin air yeah and, and and there's a there is a slapstick element to it because he just gets you know possessed by visions his legs are flailing everybody he throws himself on the floor uh if the clue has something to do with someone's leg his leg will go out of control and right. stuff like that now the the one another very important part of the show is that Sean has a sidekick Gus yes um, Gus played by Dulé Hill who was I on the West Wing Dulé Hill yes yeah. uh, he was the I guess the president's assistant on the West Wing mm-hmm. he did a few other TV shows and I always would shout when I saw him and I'm glad I mean this is a great role for him he's the perfect straight man he he can just take the straight man and run with it because he's absolutely believable and and it's important because in it without him you know Sean's antics would just be like watching a clown mm-hmm. but he has this guy keeping him grounded raising his eyebrow saying yeah right or you know a little over the top there and stuff like that so i think the partnership is 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 really good and uh the, actually the cast is pretty good the, on the other side of the i guess the barrier is the police department right um there's a interim chief who's in charge of the department right um she's played by a woman named Kirsten Nelson but the the funny thing about this character is she reminds me of um if you've seen Fargo the film Fargo she reminds me of Marge Gunderson um because oh. Marge is is pregnant right. and she's a police officer um but she has this incredible air of authority and she's really good at delegating and telling people what to do and I and think she doesn't take too much of Sean's antics no she doesn't so I think I think that character was actually really inspired by the the film Fargo. And there's uh, two other people in the department. There's mm-hmm. a male and a female detective. Now the female detective um, kind of switched. There was a woman in the pilot who's not there anymore, and now right. there's this uh, gal Maggie something or other. And uh, you had said that she reminded you of Maggie Grace. She reminds me of Maggie Grace, who played Shannon on Lost. And I thought the uh, comparison was apt because mm-hmm. at this point there's not much to her other than she's pretty and blonde and is an object of some attention. Well, I'm hoping they get somewhere with that because it's a little weird that they switched out female characters, you know, secondary female characters without really much explanation. Yeah. But the male, the male detective is pretty cool. He's a cross between Robert Patrick in the Terminator Mm -hmm. and um, Rowan Atkinson as Mr. Bean. Absolutely. He's just got a very distinctive face. I mean, he can't be anything else besides a character like this. Um, He's very stern. He's very skeptical of Sean's you know, psychic talents and stuff like that. And, uh, but of course, uh, the whole point is for him to be proven wrong every week. Right. He's, he's kind of the butt of the joke, you know, he's kind of made out to be the fool. You know, there's, um, not much going on with that, that character yet, but I think actually the, the best role, um, on the show is Corbin Burnson as Sean's dad. Oh, right. Sean, the, the person who made Sean the way he is, mm-hmm. the, the now retired cop, 
who uh, still is very, very disappointed in Sean and basically thinks he's a screw up. And I think he's doing a really good job with the role because he's taking something that could be a fairly one dimensional part and, and, and fleshes it out and turns it into Somebody that you can really relate to. Well, at least at least like him or understand him. Right. I mean, you're right. I mean, on the surface, the way he abuses Sean and basically puts him down and says, you can't do anything right, you'd yeah, wonder... He's incredibly unlikable. Yeah, what's the point? But but actually, he, he, he adds to it. He adds depth to it. You can believe that he is Sean's dad and that uh, in a way... And we've see, we also see in the pilot that deep down inside, he's kind of happy that Sean's doing something now yeah, ra- yeah. rather than just being a screw-up. Um, but he's not going to let him see that. Right. So uh, Psych, definitely a great uh, great show. We haven't missed an episode yet. Nope. And uh, our last show, show number three, is... Anthony Bourdain, No Reservations. Now, this is uh, sort of a food show, but it's more a travel show, and so right. it's on the Travel Channel. Um, but uh, if you have uh, anything against either of those genres of shows, this is not anything like those. No, it's completely different um, because... Tony Bourdain, if you don't know who he is, he was a chef in New York City for 20-some-odd years. Um, He's written about a dozen books. He hosted um, a show on the Food Network called A Cook's Tour, and he's basically like the sixth member of the Ramones. (laughs) Just, I mean, this guy is is angry. He's uh, chain-smoking, hard-drinking. Leather-wearing, anti-vegetarian. Anti-lots of stuff. Um, In fact, one thing I love about this show that, I think is a secret thrill for anybody who is sort of a food TV kind of fan. Otherwise, is he just rails against those other chefs? He hates um, uh, what's the the pretty boys? Bobby name? Flay. He hates Bobby Flay. He picks on Rachel Ray. He's really, really against the whole idea of celebrity chefs. And he, you know, Emeril was his favorite whipping boy for a while <laughs> until he met Emeril, and they actually kind of turned out had a lot of things in common. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Tony is hilarious. He's really funny. He's very well-spoken. Didn't go to college, but oddly well-educated. He, he's a great host, despite his personality. Now he's act- You're right, though. He's very well-spoken. He's written books, mm-hmm. and those books are good. And, you, and it comes through on the show. He, he puts words together in a way that sometimes really you know, kind of enlighten you and sometimes just really make you laugh so hard that you cry. Yeah. Um, and the good thing about this show, again, is he rails against the conventions of it. He doesn't like the, the touristy things. And he, when he goes to these places, he tries to go outside the norm and not the outside the norm that a travel show would do but the really outside the norm yeah he goes to food carts he goes to greasy spoons he he talks to farmers he talks to locals his passion is to find out the soul of a country through its food. And I, I really think that he sincerely believes that, that that's what his mission is. And that's what he's accomplishing. Um, but on the other hand, he's not, you know, he's not a warm and fuzzy guy. And in fact, uh, you had mentioned that uh, the show is more fun when he, he doesn't like where he's at. He spent a few weeks in Scandinavia mm-hmm. and, you know, the, 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 he went to Sweden. He went to Iceland. And those shows are hilarious because he's mad because he's angry he doesn't like it there um or you know he didn't appear to um in the episodes for instance when he went to iceland um it it was in the winter when the days are really really short and the darkness you know 
threw him for a loop and it made him cranky. And so he spent a good part of his trip just really angry and cranky. And a lot of this is improvised. So mm-hmm. like he goes to the place and he says, okay, take me to your nightlife. Mm-hmm. And I think it was in Iceland where that ended up being like a convention of orthodontists or something. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and he was bored out of his skull. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but he also does go to places that he, he likes, that he really discovers for the first time that he had preconceptions about that he becomes very you know reverent and 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 appreciative of what he finds like uh he recently went to korea he went to korea actually with his korean american assistant and this um this person was she's very perky she's probably (laughs) the perkiest person on the planet and so at the beginning of the show you're thinking well this isn't going to work that's oil and water right that's oil and water but she really brought him to um, the soul of Korea and, and showed him, you know, what was going on in the food and, and all of that. And he became really, really appreciative. And it was, it was really kind of sweet. It was. I mean, she, she met up with her grandfather who had escaped, right, who had from, North escaped from North Korea. And, and he told was, that story. Yeah. And it was very moving. And, you know, again, this is, this is, this is exactly what I think a travel show should do. Definitely. Now, another trademark of the show, though, is that he also goes to extremes. He wants to see, what is the most outlandish thing on any plate in mm-hmm. any given country? I mean, anything you can think of. He's eaten monkey brains yes. and uh, uh, fried crickets in Mexico. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the most shocking episode ever, though, for me was when he went to Quebec and he went seal hunting with the Inuits. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, he 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 does he does this total tongue in cheek like disclaimer about loving nature and cute baby seals, and then he goes, okay, well now we're gonna go and kill one. Right. But actually, it was funny because even if you try to even as we're trying to describe it, it sounds a little excessive, a little over the top. But he but it actually turned out to be a pretty uh, a special experience for him. He goes with this uh, Inuit family, mm-hmm. and they go and hunt, and they're poor, and this is living off the land. This right. Is, I mean, this is, you know, hardship. It's eating what you can get your hands on. And they they shot a seal and they brought it back to a house. And, you know, it's such a nice domestic scene. You know, there's grandma in the kitchen washing dishes and kids playing on the floor. And yeah, a tile floor, a nice fridge. It looks yeah. like your, your kitchen. Yeah. But uh, they bring in the seal. and They drag in the seal and basically eat it raw on the floor. Right there. Splay it mm-hmm. open, disembowel it, and it's just blood everywhere and and it's shocking and yet it as 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 he explains while he's going through it it's, it's, it's beautiful in a way because you know this is probably the most that they had to eat in ages you know they they eat what they can get their hands on and sometimes food they don't is get scarce, anything but in this case they they got a seal they brought it home and they share it with this stranger with a yeah, tv crew they happily let him have some and i mean he was really moved and, and he was by touched and you know, it was a horrible, surreal, shocking thing to watch. But at the same time, it was really kind of sweet. And domestic. I mean, I just love the shot of the, the little girl and the grandma. They're both sort of licking the blood off their fingers. And <laughs> there was nothing nothing wrong with that. So, yeah, that is a, that is an excellent show. So uh, let's go over what we just talked about. And when, when can folks see them? I, we forgot that part. What Rockstar Supernova is? Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 9 Okay, on what channel? CBS. Okay, and uh, Psych, of course, USA. USA at 10, and um, No Reservations um, is on Monday night at 10 also. On the Travel Channel. On Travel Channel. So uh, three shows there, a reality show, a sitcom, and a cooking travel show. All of them highly recommended. Well, at least the second two. (laughs) Thanks for sharing your thoughts and for uh, having a chat. My pleasure.